want to be the first to wish everybody a very happy Easter as we continue to celebrate our Easter vigil. Uh, during the course of this Holy Week, we've been looking at different garments or different cloths that seem to be at important points throughout the course of Christ's passion, death, and now resurrection. And so I'm sure most of you figured that today we're going to be talking about Christ's burial cloth, the shroud, what we know as the Shroud of Turin, which is mentioned towards the end of today's gospel. However, instead of focusing on the shroud, I want to focus on another cloth that is present in the empty tomb, although we don't hear about it in today's gospel. If you come tomorrow morning for the Gospel of John, you'll find out that whenever John enters in, he sees the empty tomb. But then when Peter goes in, he sees the cloths and a ground. But Peter also sees a napkin or a face cloth that is sort of rolled up separate from the other cloths. And all the times that I've heard that gospel, I've always found it to be interesting. What is this face cloth and why is it rolled up? I'm not going to get into a lot of details about first century Jewish burial practices. As we know from the scriptures, when someone dies, they anoint their body with oil and different spices. But before they wrap the body in the shroud, they take a cloth called a sudarium in Latin, a sudarion in Greek, and they basically sort of drape it over the head from top to bottom, and so it covers the face and it covers the whole head. Then they'll take the body and lay it on a cloth, wrap the cloth around the head, it's a big rectangular cross cloth, and then sort of tie it and bind it at the feet, maybe binding it elsewhere. And then take the, two, the body and put it in a rock-hewn tube. So this is how Jesus was buried, with the face cloth, the napkin, and the shroud wrapped around his body. But unlike other instances, when someone was buried and remained dead, we believe that today Jesus Christ rose from the dead. But the fact is, no one witnessed the actual historical event of the resurrection. But since the time of the apostles, though, the empty tomb has been a sign pointing to a testimony to the reality of the resurrection. But along with that, I believe, the empty tomb, but the cloths that remain, the cloth which we know now as the Shroud of Turin and the other bindings that would have been there, and that face cloth that was put off to the side. It's important for John, the eyewitness, to mention both of these things. Now the truth is, we as Catholics believe that the possess we have possession of both of those cloths. One, the Shroud of Turin, which is in the city of Turin, which has the imprint of a crucified man on it, but also in the town of Oviedo in Spain, we have a tradition dating back very early in the church 
the blood-stained sudarion, the face cloth, or the head cloth, is also present there. I encourage you to get books or go online to read more about these things. But I want to get back to this rolled-up face cloth. And so in my studying of this, I realized that the Greek term for being rolled up can also be translated as folded. So the cloth was either rolled up or somehow folded. But regardless, it was put away from the burial cloths. Now I am assuming that it was the risen Jesus there on the morning of the resurrection that is the one who rolled up the cloth or folded and put it somewhere else. So why did Jesus do this? What's the meaning of this rolled up face cloth? Now you go on the internet and do some internet sleuthing and you're going to find one of the most popular things out there is supposedly there was this Jewish tradition where a master after he ate would sort of fold a cloth to let the servant know that he's finished. But as like a lot of things that you see on the internet, eh, it's probably not true. Probably just made up and there's really no grounding in that. In fact, I don't think from what I gathered, there were actually napkins in first century Palestine. So what, though, is the real significance? And I think if we look to some of the writings of the early church fathers, particularly John Christensen, but also use common sense, there is a very clear meaning of why Christ rolled up the face cloth and put it off to the side. To let the apostles know that he truly rose from the dead and his body wasn't stolen. You read the Gospels, there's a real legitimate concern for this. They thought that the Jesus' apostles were going to steal the body. But so when they went to the tomb, they realized that if the body would have been stolen in the middle of the night, particularly because there were guards there, they wouldn't take the time to unwrap the body, and they really wouldn't take the time to fold up the face cloth and put it somewhere else. You just go take the body, wrapped up everything, and you leave with it. Someone took time. Someone had a very deliberate intention, uh, attention to details, to be able to do this. It wasn't done in haste. And so this is Jesus' sign to let people know, yes, you got an empty tomb, but look at this little detail. My body wasn't stolen. I am truly risen. But also, if you look at the context of the, the, the gospel, there's another reason for it. Because you're supposed to take the count of Jesus' resurrection and compare it to John chapter 11. And that's the story of the raising of Lazarus. After Jesus calls Lazarus out, the gospel says in verse 44, the dead man came out tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. That's what him, who wasn't resurrected but simply resuscitated, he didn't unbind himself. Someone else had to do it. Jesus said, go and untie the man. But no one had to untie Jesus. Jesus didn't walk out with a face cloth on his head because he rose from the dead. That's the reason for the rolled up face cloth. But as I was praying over this passage... 
decided I had a couple of reflections about certain details of the meanings of the cloth that at least meant something to me and potentially might mean something to you. To realize that on this Easter morning, that the first thing, arguably, Jesus did in his resurrected body was fold the cloth. The very, very first thing he probably did, using his fingers for the first time, maybe noticing the wounds in his hands as he delicately folded that cloth. The cloth would have been bloodied with his dry blood. How did he react? Maybe it brought in his human memory, memories of what happened a few days before. But then to go and take it and place it somewhere else, what attention to detail. And then as he moved somewhere else, those would have been arguably the first steps he took in his resurrected body. The first actions and the first steps. But the other thing that really struck me is that I can't get into the mind of our Lord. I can't imagine what it'll be like whenever I rise from the dead and resurrection. What's the first thing that's going to come to my mind? Actually, the truth is the first thing that's going to come to my mind is Monsignor Richard von Fulmutaw, who's buried right across from me. I always would tell Monsignor Mouton, if you remember, I said, Monsignor, you're going to have such a great joy on the day of the resurrection because the first person you're going to see is me. <laughs> he would just give me that look. Anyhow. But if indeed Jesus did wrap up this little cloth and put it aside, the first thought that Jesus had was not of himself, but of his apostles. His apostles wanting to make sure that they knew he was truly risen, that his body wasn't stolen, so they wouldn't be worried. The last thought that Christ had was thinking of us, dying for our sins, and the first thought that he had was of his apostles. The mind of Jesus always centered on others and centered on the ones he loved. And so finally... What significance does this have for us as Christians and Catholics celebrating today the resurrection of Jesus? I will say the significance is that we need to, in our daily life, look for the folded cloths. To look for small signs of Christ's presence. The way he reminds us day to day, not in big ways, but in little hidden ways, off in the corner, that he's risen, that he's alive, that he loves us and will not abandon us. They're there, we believe, but so often we don't pay attention, either because we lose faith in the resurrection or we're too busy thinking about something else. So that's the charge this Easter morning and throughout the rest of the year to keep an eye out, to pay attention, to ask for the grace to notice the folded napkins. Now, over the course of these past four days, homilies, we've looked at these different cloths. How is it possible to tie them all together to see if there's a strand running through it all? So, last night and this morning, thinking and praying about it, 
talking to some people who I believe were very wise, and I got another insight, like I did the other day, again, whether or not it was a genuine insight about the purple cloth or not, is that all of those cloths in the chronological order that they came all have something in common. Starting in the first day, the cloaks laying on the ground. Jesus would have walked on them. The next day, Holy Thursday, the towel wrapped around the waist of Jesus. And then, when you look at the purple cloak, it was put over his shoulders. And then finally, the sudarium, the face cloth, was put over his head. Bottom to top, during the course of Holy Week, it's like the Father was clothing the Son. Feet, waist, shoulders, head. Bottom to top. But not just the Son, but the new Adam. The new man who is Christ. And so we go back to that creation story, the second one, and Adam and Eve, after they fall, and we get the different effects of the fall, what does God, Yahweh, do? He clothes man and woman before he sends them out of the Garden of Eden. And so by this clothing of the new Adam, what is happening is the Father is preparing him for his re-entry into paradise, his re-entry into Eden, where, through the resurrection of the body, those clothes will no longer be needed, and he will restore man to his original dignity. And so today, particularly at this Easter vigil, where people will be baptized. We're blessed to have one baptized today and clothed in the white garment. And we will all renew our baptismal promises. We call to mind and to heart that through Christ's resurrection, the Father clothes all of us as he did the prodigal son when he returned and ushered him in to the Father's house. Amen.